Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome back to Buckethead's Land Grant Holy Lands College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with Justin Golba for episode 35 of our college basketball podcast and the first off-season podcast um, since the season ended, unfortunately. Justin, a lot has happened since the last time we recorded an episode. Yes, I'm currently tracking Tiger Woods' plane to Augusta. Um, oh wait, is this the wrong podcast for that? Sorry. Oh, it's it's the off season, baby. It's officially the off season. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's math. I'm in like masters mode already as a golf fan. But uh, no, a lot has happened uh, since we last had a podcast. As we'll mention later, since it's the off season, we went to uh, buy bi weekly. That's right, right? Bi weekly. That's the yeah. word. Yeah. Every bi-weekly. other week. Unless something crazy happens and we have to like hop on. Yeah, so we're bi weekly. But Ohio State lost to Villanova about two weeks ago. If you didn't hear. Uh, Villanova since has moved to the Final Four, so there's always a little bit of, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but acceptance in that, you know, because I don't think Ohio State was a Final Four team. So, um, and shout out to Justin Moore, man. That really, that really, really sucks to see him go down like that, like the last 40 seconds of their Elite Eight game. You know, Villanova is a very easy program to root for in a Final Four of programs very easy to root against. So. Maybe I'm, I think I'm pulling the villa. I have Kansas winning it all in my brackets and stuff, and I'm doing fairly well. Like I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm in like third in the land grant one, but um, but I think I'm kind of pulling Villanova just because you know it'd be cool to see. They're a very easy team to root for. Yeah, they're, they're just so clinically like they're just so oh, they're clean. still fun to watch. I mean, they're just so they're just so clean, man. Like the best way that I could put it is like when I was watching them in Pittsburgh. It's like if you ever played like whack-a-mole like the arcade game and you get like a mallet and there's always like there's always like two moles popping up and you're trying to like hit two moles with villanova there's always like three or four moles but you only have one mallet it was like if ohio state tried to lock in on like colin gillespie it's like okay then jermaine samuels scores if you try to like if you somehow shut down jermaine samuels and gillespie it's okay eric dixon's gonna hit a three he's their center he's gonna hit a three on you to ice the game if you somehow stop eric dixon and the other two guys well i think caleb daniels had like 12 points as well it's just like there's just it's a like a fucking hydra with too many heads to kill at once and they just do everything so clinically well that losing to them you're kind of just like you're up you're upset but it's like it's up you're upset but then you look at it at a distance and you're like did like did i really expect did i really expect ohio state to beat this team like no not really well and that's also like i tweeted this out from the Bucketheads account after the game like it might go on deaf ears because people just want to see wins but the way that team fought against villanova was very admirable because they just were outmatched i mean sometimes you're just talently outmatched they were um and even like i looked up because I don't know, I, I don't, I didn't know too much about Villanova's depth because they only play six, six, maybe seven guys. So when Justin Moore went down, I looked up, I was like, who is there? Like, who will step into that role? And it's Arkandi, it's an Arkandi Anachino, who is, if you don't know that name, 
I don't even know if I said it right, but his brother is in the NBA. I believe his name is Caleb, or maybe it's, it's Cody. I think it's, 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 it's C. How do you pronounce his name again? I, he is the, Arkin, he was there. Ar- he was Colin Gillespie. I think it's Arkadiakono. Um, Arkadiakono, yeah. It's his little brother. Is like their sophomore backup point guard. So it's like, okay. So you have the little brother of an NBA player stepping in. So it's like, they'll be fine. And I mean, he's, and he's young. He's fine. He's not going to score points really for them. But um, it's like they have so many other guys to score. Jermaine Samuels, Caleb Daniels, uh, uh, Eric Dixon. Christopher. And Chris, Chris Arkadiakono. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's really still the brother. Um, little. I was just so I was just so impressed, and like they felt we're not going to do a full breakdown of the game, but like they fell down by like eleven at halftime, and it's not even like you didn't even watch the half and be like, man, you know they shouldn't be behind by this much. If you watch the first half, it's like that's how much better of a team Villanova was than Ohio State. Like played their hardest and trailed by like ten at halftime, made a run. Villanova puts their foot down and basically says, like, all right, you're within two, but that's as close as you're going to get. Foul game puts it back to 10 points. Like, Villanova is probably 10 points better than Ohio State. Like, that's just the facts. Yeah, and shout out to Kyle Young. Unfortunately, his career ended probably not the way he wanted it to. I'm not going to sit here and act like last year where Kyle Young would have played, but they would have won because I don't know that. Um, I think they did have the momentum, and that killed their momentum, but I don't know that they still would have won the game. Villanova, and they did this against Michigan and against Houston. They just they'll hit you they'll hit you quick go up like ten and they'll just keep it there they're not going to beat you by thirty they're just going to keep it like Ohio State did a good job of actually getting into it and almost getting it back to back to knot it up uh, but Michigan went down early by like eight and they just stayed down by eight the entire game so shout out to Villanova they're a great team uh, this is going to be a really Jay fun Wright Saturday is, Jay Wright is just a, a better yeah. coach than yeah, he's, he's just Jay Wright is a better coach than Kelvin Sampson he's a better coach than Juwan Howard he's a better coach than Chris Holtman. Like, you could I would argue that. all three of those coaches are top thirty coaches in that in, in college basketball. Kelvin Sampson's top seven at this point. And I would argue that just talent on the floor, Ohio State, Michigan, and Houston may have all had more like raw talent on the floor than Villanova. Like as far as like talent, Maybe recruiting man. stars, that kind of thing. But like Michigan definitely. This- Michigan definitely. I think Ohio State had the two most talented players on the floor against Villanova, too. I think Malachi Branham and E.J. Adele are the two most talented players on the floor. I think they both have more raw talent than, like, Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, any of those guys. But you give Jay Wright yeah. uh, you give Jay Wright crumbs, and he will turn it into a sandcastle. Like, he's just uh, – we can't have this whole podcast just be slobbing on Jay Wright's knob. But, like – We could. He, well, I'm, just, from the, I'm, I'm from the DMV, so I know – yeah, I've, I've seen Jay Wright. He's recruited at my high school. You know, he has – he's had dozens of guys from the DMV. And then you, you want to dislike him, and then you listen to him talk in, like, press conferences and, like, talk about the other teams and, like oh, – he's the nicest dude. Better and stuff. Dude, seems so nice. Like, I would love to play basketball for Jay Wright. So it sucks, too, that I can't be shitty about it and dislike him. Yeah, I've met him. He's the nicest guy in the world. And he, he looks like he's, like, 38 years old. And he's, like, 65. I Dude, I don't get it. But <laughs> it's it's over and done with. They played hard. They gave it a good run. Um, they gave it they a won good their first, They beat Loyola, and let's be honest, that was the goal. Yeah, that that was the must win. That that was the must win. Um, so now you're in the off season. You've got a lot of stuff in flux now. Coaching staff, uh, roster. Oh, technically, Ohio State has four players on their roster right now, which is not nearly enough for a basketball team, in my opinion. They at least need one more. They do. They at least need one more player. 
uh, before next season starts. So hopefully at least one of those freshmen will show up. But yeah, they've got four guys in their roster right now, technically. It's a decent four, but yes. Well, I guess five because Malachi Branham counts for now. That's true. He counts for now, but not for long. Hopefully. But hopefully he comes back, but we'll see. We won't get into Branham too much because I don't know about you. I don't expect – I expect him to enter the draft shortly, and then I don't expect to hear from him again until about May 30th. So We can, get, we can, we can talk about Malachi. Malachi is going to enter the NBA draft, and I think he's – yeah, I think he's going to probably stay in the NBA draft. Um, and even I if think, he doesn't, if he does somehow, like he'll have to say whether he's staying in or whether he's withdrawing. I don't expect that – we talked about the early entry draft is, or the early entry deadline for the draft is June first. I don't think we'll hear much more before Until like a, a week before for him because I think, I think his combine is pretty much going to decide it for him. I think he's probably leaning staying in, but like last year we saw, we thought EJ Liddell was gone and Dwayne Washington would come back, and then it flipped because of the combine. So we'll see. Cra- crazier things have happened. Better pl- better players than Malachi Branham have come back to college and played an additional year. Like they didn't necessarily need to, um, but like crazier things have happened. I just think that if he's a projected first rounder, I think he probably goes. You don't see it too often that somebody that's projected to be a first rounder, even if they're in like the twenties, is like I'm gonna turn down millions of dollars so that maybe I can be a top ten pick. If he's a first rounder, I think he's. I think he's probably gone. Even if you give up a few extra mil dropping down in the draft, that also starts your clock to like well, that's get what to people, your next NBA contract. Yeah, that's because the money, everyone always says, oh, you make more money if you're a top five pick, which is true, but the real money is in the second contract. So he's not too worried about giving up a few, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, not too worried about giving up a few mil if he can get to the league now while he's 19, work you know, maybe go to a good team a little bit deeper, which makes it easier to kind of you don't get thrown into the fire right away, right? Like you saw Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is playing fantastic right now, but when he started, he was struggling because he just he was immediately the best player on the Pistons. So you know, it might be better to go to a lower, a better team with a lower pick, work your way through, kind of get better, and then when you're 22, 23, and your second contract's coming up, that's when you make the money. So. But we'll see also with NIL. NIL does change stuff. It doesn't affect stuff as much as people think it does. I've seen people like say like, oh, Dwayne Washington would have made like $5 million this year if he stayed. That's not how Hell NIL no. That's no. not how NIL – he's not Johnny Manziel. Um, like that's not how NIL works. Now, it, there is money involved, of course, and it could help him. The one thing I've seen is I don't know how big of like being an Ohio kid playing for Ohio State matters to him. You know, sometimes that matters. I don't know. Some people grew up in Ohio and that matters. Some people doesn't. So we'll see. It's, it's it's a lot for him. I think I think the worst case scenario happened in the tournament because Ohio State did not beat Villanova and Malachi Branham had a great looked, game. Looked fine. <laughs> like looked really good. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, oh, that stinks. Not to say I'm rooting for him to play poorly, but it would have benefited Ohio State if he did, let's just be honest. So maybe he got a taste of that tournament though. It was like, I want a little more. That could be good. Who knows? Unfortunately, you're not going to hear this, but Malachi Brandon was never like a big college basketball kid growing up, and he also was not an Ohio State fan growing up. Um, like so that doesn't help. He has said in interviews a few times that, like, when he was growing I, I up, I do love his honesty. He's a very honest kid. Oh, he's, he's like yeah, he's awesome, and he he's awesome. And at the press conference after the tournament game, like he he was 
Dude, he looked, I mean, EJ was like crying, which that was really tough to sit there and see. Basically, EJ Liddell was, I mean, his face was red. He was, he obviously had been crying. And so a, a kid that is going to the league is not even going to graduate from Ohio State, how much this school means to him. And Malachi was next to him and he literally just looked shocked. He like, he looks like, he, his face looked like his whole family had just been in a car accident and died and he was processing it. Like this man, his face was in shock. He could not believe that it was over. He was upset. He didn't have a whole lot of words. Like it, it was tough. So like, I think he really does. He really does love the coaching staff and loves it here. But uh, Malachi has said several times, like he didn't grow up an Ohio state fan, even living in Columbus. He grew up watching the NBA. He didn't like grow up like salivating over and like hanging on to college basketball. Like some people do. So there won't be as much of a draw. I think like I need to go back and do more in the tournament. I think if he stays, it's like, I love my teammates and I love this coaching staff, but um, I don't know. Like I said, crazier things have happened. Like better players than him have come back and played another year. I don't think that's going to happen though. He was shocked because he, in high school, he went to St. V. He's not used to not winning at all. He was like, what yeah, do you mean no. we're done? What do you mean yeah, we lost? Second, second round exits are not a thing that he's no. used to at all. St. V won. St. V lost Malachi Branham. And this year won the state championship by 30 points. So Some of those teams in the back end of the first round, too, are absolutely going to like bug his ear and be like... The Cavs will. I guarantee you the Cavs are someone teams, looking at yeah, Malachi Brown. Teams in the second half of the first round are definitely going to hope that he stays in because they'll tell him, like, hey, bud, like we're going to have the 24th pick and we will take you with the 24th pick if you're still there because they know that, that if he stays in college another year they aren't going to get him in 2023 because he'll be a top probably five pick. So teams like you said, like the Cavs, like the Timberwolves, like the Warriors, they're going to, they're going to hope that he stays in this year. So they can take him in the second half of the first round because he's, he is not going to be in the second half of the first round. If he plays one more year at college, that's for damn sure. Yeah. And a hundred percent. And it's interesting that you, you kind of mentioned that because I was thinking the same thing of he needs to get that guarantee. That's what's going to be the big deciding mark for him. If, if the team, let's say whoever's picking at like, I don't know, 16 is like, we guarantee if you get to 16, we will take you. Then that that's going to make him kind of stay in more, more plausible just because he knows, okay, this is as far as I'm going to go. Whether yeah. that if he doesn't get that guarantee, then it's like, ah, now I could drop to the, maybe the second. Because look, we've seen crazier things happen in the draft, right? Guys fall. It happens. So you have to get that guarantee from a team that's like, look, if you're here at 18, 19, whatever, we're, you're our guy. So, and of course, teams lie. So that's, that's that too. Also, breaking news into uh, as we're recording this, uh, Shaheen Holloway has accepted the job at Seton Hall. So, congrats Ooh. to um, America's darling is going home. I'm sure we're all shocked by that. The uh, yeah, the worst kept secret in college basketball for the past the con- three weeks. <laughs> the contract had been written up literally a month. Yeah, like as soon as they made the the tournament, that was a done deal. I wonder you were sitting there wondering why did all these programs hire new coaches as the tournament went on, yet Seton Hall just sat there and didn't hire anybody. Well, that's that's why. <laughs> yeah, and the connection that why I mentioned that obviously is Kevin Willard went to Maryland and took Ohio State assistant Tony Skin with him. Who is a DMV guy? So, see ya. So, yeah. So Shaheen Holloway off to uh, Seton Hall, Seton Hall which is where he played at Seton Hall. Yeah, he's I a believe. Seton Hall. He's a Seton Hall legend. Like the timing of this was yeah. just fun. Even if St. Peter's doesn't go on that run, they still hire Shaheen Holloway. Like it's not. This is just. This was meant to be. 
Okay, so we talked about Malachi a little bit. We can talk about the coaching opening. We and, and full disclosure, we are not insiders. Like we don't have names of people that are being tossed around. All we can do is kind of guess. What we are, are not some... up for the coaching as much as we have tried to to put our Chris applications Holtman. in. We are not up for the coaching jobs. Chris Holtman refuses to interview for picks. the assistant. Yeah, he refuses to interview either of us for the assistant coaching positions. I'm not sure why. That's no, um, unbelievable. My resume is top notch. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but they got two openings now. Tony Scan, like you said, went to Maryland. Um, Ryan Peden is over at Illinois State now, and he just he just hired uh, just yesterday hired Andrew Dockage as one of his assistants, which is super super cool. Um, yeah, Dockage is a rising star in college in co- in coaching staff because he has been putting his time in. He has been putting his time in, and he definitely deserves an opportunity. Yeah, been obviously the son of Dan Dockage. That's all I'm gonna say. Dan Dockage, who has blocked me on Twitter for years now. Um, <laughs> that was, was I was blocked by Dan Dockage years ago. Uh, but like Andrew Dockage, he was a I played at Ohio State for a year after being Michigan three years. Was a GA at Ohio State. Then he went when, – when Mike Schrage, who was one of Holtman's assistants, went to Elon, he hired Dockich as his director of basketball ops. I don't know if, if most people know that or not, but he's been the director of basketball ops over at Elon for two seasons now. Um, so now he's going to go get an assistant job over at Illinois State, which is cool. But that leaves Ohio State with, with two openings, and you really need to fill those ASAP. Because yeah, the high state is locked on right now. Chris Holman has one assistant right now to help him recruit and assistant. transfer portal. And a very good assistant who's probably on his way out in the next couple of years yeah. as well. Unfortunately, um, yeah. You only have him probably two more years at most. But he's gotta he's gotta fill two spots like ASAP Rocky, like that. He needs to fill those spots right now. So who are there any guys and I know you know mine, so you cannot take mine. Who who <laughs> do you have any names that you think would be even if they're not practical, who would you like to see sitting on the bench with Chris Holman? Brad Stevens. You said not practical, so that's what I want. That's okay. what I want to see. Okay. All right. Uh, well, okay. so okay. So I don't. I mean, your answer is like the answer because it's it's not really a, a too well kept of a secret. I know, and you're a fan of this too. I know. I don't know if it's reasonable, but I would like to see Scooney Penn come back. That was. Uh, part, I said, don't take my answer. But your answer was the other guy. No, that well, no. We both know that guy's probably going to get. I was talking about. That's Stewart. what I said. Oh, okay. Well, my apologies then. Well, then I'll go with the other guy. <laughs> um, spoiler alert: Connor wants Scooney Penn. Um, well, look, in my defense, I thought you. So Mike Nettie is also on current. He's currently the special assistant to the head coach. He is probably going to be elevated to that role. I thought that's what you were going to say uh, as one of the assistant coaches, and then um, we also don't know about. I know they want Greg Oden to stay with the staff. Oden currently is a. GA as he picks up his master's or is this his original degree? No, this is his master's. This is his okay. master's. So he's getting his master's. He's a GA. I know they love Greg Oden and what he's brought, especially just coaching the big guys and kind of even a guy like Greg Oden brings so much to the table, just even off the court because like, you know, you know the highest recruit in Ohio state history, the kind of off the court stuff he had to deal with uh, in the NBA. So a guy like that brings a lot of stuff. Um, but Mike Netty will probably be elevated to one of the assistant coaches. Um, so, Connor, who do you want to see as the other one? Well, you already let the cat out of the bag. Because <laughs> uh, I, I thought you were going to give me something You can go into totally... depth about it, though. You can go into depth um, about it. I'm trying to find his stats to see how good his stats he had. I, I, I think that Ohio State has to hire Scooney Penn for the other assistant coach job. Um, I'm trying to see because he, he did have at least like 
he had at least like a cup of coffee in the NBA, didn't he? Who as was, a player or right Stoney, now? Yeah, I know he's player, coaching yeah, in the yeah, NBA he, right now, but I believe he was also in the NBA for a little bit. He was a like a yeah, he played. Let's see here. Um, you you have to hire Scooney, I think. You at least have to make Scooney say no. Um, played at Ohio State, one of the great Ohio State point guards. Then afterwards, he was on staff with Holtman. He was the director of player development, which is what Terrence Diles does right now, which is more off the court, like professional development, personal development um, for like the college athletes as they kind of go through life as a, as a collegiate athlete at a big school like that. And then he took a job with the Memphis Grizzlies um, as an assistant coach. And I think he's still with Memphis, right? He's still on staff yeah, with Memphis, is. I believe. So now so he's been the, the most fun team in the NBA too. So love the Grizzlies. Um, he's been there for two or three years now, but if he was to be an assistant coach in college, I mean, that's like a good, that's a good path to eventually be a head coach. I mean, if you see Holtman's assistants, most of them in recent history have moved up and out to becoming a head coach of their own program. So if he can get in one of those seats next to Holtman, that's a really good path for him to become a college head coach. If, if that's what he wants to do. Um, but, you know, he played at Ohio State. He's played in the NBA. He's coached at Ohio State. He's coached in the NBA. Um, he's already been, you know, on staff with Holtman, who's still there right now. Um, he was a guard, so I'm sure he would be working with the guards pretty closely once he's elevated and becomes an actual on-court coach. Like, I, to me, it's a no-brainer. You have to at least try to get him back. Yeah. I'll throw another name to you as well. Um I don't know when he kind of plans on doing this. I'll throw two names, actually. Two. I don't think these are reasonable, but just names that I know are going to go into coaching. Obviously, Sully. Jared Sullinger has been the coach of Carmen's crew for a little bit. Um, I don't know you know, what they kind of want to do with him. He's a little younger. But also Evan Turner. I mean, Evan Turner was just a Celtics assistant. Like, that's not a small gig. Um, you know, I know Evan Turner is kind of more getting into broadcasting and podcasting a little bit. So maybe that might be where he wants to go. But um, those two names are definitely just former players that obviously you know want to go into coaching. So that those are two names to look at um, just in terms of, like I said, Turner was with the Celtics for, I believe, a year. And now he's not anymore. But And, and Sully has been pretty vocal that he wants to go into coaching. Now, I don't know if he means the high school level, college, whatever. But those are two names, just at least former players that you could look at. I think that they both would be good coaches. I don't know how great of a fit they would be on this staff right now. Just I think that. Sully and I think Evan are both pretty big personalities. And yeah, I mean, it is it is worth mentioning they weren't Holtman's players, so I don't know what the relationship yeah, is. But. They, they are both still very close to the program, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, they mm-hmm. both are still – they still come back when they're in – I mean, Evan, did, I'm pretty sure – did, did Turner come back for their summer week thing? I know Sully I don't, did. I don't know if he was there, but I know he was at at least one or two home games this season. Um so I think they both have homes in Columbus. They both are still tight with Holtman. Holtman did a very good job over the, you know, once he got here, like reconnecting with all the alums and like making sure they know that, you know, they are still needed. We still need you around this program. We still want you to help with our, our young guys. Even if I didn't coach you, like all those guys know that they're still welcome. I just think that Evan and, and Sully are both like pretty big personalities that I think, I don't know how well it would mesh like, throwing them from like not really having coached in college at all to like boom you're you're an assistant coach under Holtman but you have to like kind of know your place that you are not the coach you are 
an assistant and kind of a few rungs down because they wouldn't have like seniority over Jake Diebler either. So I don't know. I don't know if those guys would be a great fit, but I think that they would be good coaches eventually. Yeah. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think they'd be like the assistants now hired now. I think they'd probably come in as you, if you promote within like, you know, Mike Nettie goes from something to something you can bring guys like that. And also I have no idea. I know he's retired from Carmen's crew. I think he's still playing overseas, but Jake Diebler has a brother. You know, I don't know if John wants to get into coaching. Who knows? So, there. I mean, I, I like how Jake Diebler coaches, so the brother can't be too bad. And their dad's a high school coaching legend, so that's obviously in the family. So John John Diebler would be a really good coach, too. I think that John Diebler is officially retired now. I think he's done playing for good. Okay. I know I he retired from the Carmen's crew. I didn't know if he was still playing overseas, though. I think that – I'm pretty sure that John Diebler is done playing overseas. Sully is still playing. Jared Sullinger is still playing over in China, though. Um, yeah, he can't make up his mind about that. I also think that with Scooney Penn, um, I don't think this is why you should hire him. I don't want to get into like Rooney Rule kind of stuff, but like I do think there is a benefit to to having a black man on staff. Like when you're recruiting, when you're recruiting mostly, I mean, put it straight facts, like young black kids having Scooney Penn walk into these kids' home. Somebody that looks like them, talks like them, somebody that they can relate to. Not that they can't relate to Holtman at all, but you know, having at least one black guy on staff is beneficial when you are recruiting young black men. I, I don't know how much more point blank to put it. I don't think that you hire Scooney Penn or any other coach just because they're black. I don't think that there's anything wrong if they end up hiring another white guy. But I, I think that that's also a benefit to having Scooney Penn there on top of He's a, a black man that literally played at Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio, and then went on to the NBA. So literally anything that these kids want to ask him about playing at Ohio State, playing college basketball, making the jump to the NBA, what is the NBA looking for? Like the dude, the dude coaches John Morant right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I just think he checks every box, and I think that that's another box that you know again that's not why you hire him. You're not like we have to hire a black coach, but I think that that's beneficial in this sport so i think that that's the guy that they should be trying to get and i think that mike netty is going to get promoted it seems like that one's pretty much that that one's pretty much a done deal and yeah i mean as you said i'll I'll wrap it up with this because i do have one more point about scooney but yeah you know diversity and representation is always important because it's more relatable uh to to players and, and young players of course um and also just as you said ohio state has had trouble with guards right i mean that you know, since probably D'Angelo Russell, they've had some struggle. Maybe, you know, you've had C.J. Walker and Jackson. They've been great. But uh, Scooney Penn knows how to coach guards, obviously. And neither, so, of, those, and, and neither of those C.J.'s were even Holtman's guys. Like, a yeah. transfer and a holdover from Mata. So, and also about Nettie, it's like, I don't think either of us think that Mike Nettie is, like, the ideal hire. But when you've got so much stuff going on in the summer, when you've got recruiting, you've got transfers, you've now got – two jobs to fill it's more important to have a guy that you can just plug in place and roll because you have so much to do yeah all the all the the returning players know mike netty already um he's familiar with the system and everything i don't know if he's like the home run hire but like in a spur of the moment i that's probably what's going to happen is they're just going to promote him to an assistant coach and then they'll use their time and energy to headhunt and find a specific guy to fill the other spot yeah so we can so those are our picks for the coaching staff changes one thing we do know is they have to move on that pretty quick, uh, and they will. I think and we'll talk about this a little bit with the transfers as well. People are starting to like already kind of get impatient 
um, like the college basketball season's not even over yet. You know, like you can, especially the transfer portal, this stuff does take time. It won't take till like July, but give it a little bit of time. Ohio State's in contact with guys. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an ever moving wheel. So don't start to get like, I've seen people already like impatient. Like I haven't heard anything about Ohio State. It's like, well, calm down. It'll be, there's a thousand names in the transfer portal. It takes a minute to go through them all. So. Uh, yeah, but we can we can not, talk about yeah, some transfers and not, too, and not many of them have like announced where they're going either. It's not there hasn't. No, been it's not like you're missing out on guys. Nobody's said anything, and also you have to think like transferring is it's a whole it's a, for some guys it's like a third and fourth, but for most guys it's a second recruitment. They're going to take visits. They're going to do in home visits. They're going to go to you know they're going to travel to these places and look at them, especially if they didn't do it already in their original recruitments. Um, so like like an Antonio Reeves, you know, he wasn't recruited by Ohio State, so he's going to go to Ohio State. He's going to you know see everything. So it it takes some it, these things do take some time. Um, they don't take as much time as actual recruiting, but it still takes time. And also Ohio State currently is recruiting. Like recruiting is a three hundred sixty five day a year kind of thing. So you have that to deal with as well. So yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're recruiting they have high a schoolers. Lot of, they're recruiting high schoolers. They're recruiting assistant coaches. They're recruiting Players. transfers all at the same time, and it's literally just like Holtman and Diebler right now. And like I said, like it's still March as we're recording. It's March thirtieth, so give it a second. So we can so so when it comes to transfers, there's obviously like I said, it hit a thousand in the portal like three hours ago. As it's seven o'clock on Wednesdays, we're recording this, so. There's a lot of transfers out there. Uh, we can talk a little bit about kind of who we want, who we've seen Ohio State is recruiting. Um, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't expect too many more names to really enter the portal, uh, just because t- all teams have been done. Unless there's an NIT team left, but like St. Bonaventure has five seniors and stuff. I don't really think too. Maybe an Xavier player might hit hit it one or two. Also, kind of funny that they fired Travis Steele and then immediately just went to the NIT finals. Um, so I don't know if that's good for him or not, but um, I don't expect too many other players to hit the hit the transfer portal. There's not going to be really any, obviously, from the Final Four teams. They'll just, you know, there might be one Villanova or Carolina kid or something, but most of those guys are just going to go to the draft or come back. So uh, we can talk about who do, who are your kind of – let's talk about some – let's start with, like, realistic options. Who do you think Ohio State – or you can just go into who they've actually literally been in contact with. Um, I mean, I think the guy that makes a lot of sense is Tanner Holden from from Wright State. I know that you like him too. He was a call Uber now. Get him to Columbus. Yeah, he's literally he's from Wheelersburg originally, which is a smaller town. But uh, I've been playing at Wright State for three years. I think he just finished his junior season, so twenty point per game score, six rebounds per game. I believe he's like a he's like six six, um, and he'll have two years of eligibility left unless. I guess unless he would go to the NBA, but if you're already in college for three years, I doubt that he would be an NBA guy at this point. So he'd have two years oh. left. If you're 22 years old, I would be kind of surprised if he ended up like getting drafted at age 22. I, I could be wrong, but usually the NBA is not super kind to guys that are already into their 20s. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. I'm going to add something here. Again, breaking news as we're recording this podcast. Ohio guard, first team all-Mac, Mark Sears has entered the transfer portal. That's going to be one of the biggest names in the portal. Uh, he's one of the best players in the MAC. He is a 20, 21 points per game, six rebounds, five assists. He did everything for Ohio this year. So that's a huge name. Oh, geez. I thought you were pushing back. Like, oh, hell no. Like, Tanner Holden's an NBA player. Um, no, God, no. I don't know. Okay. I, 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 thought, be, but, 
That's no, I just I'm on my phone. Like, like as you're saying that, like I just got notification. I have verbal commits on like phone notifications at this point because oh, there's so many okay. people in the portal. And um, Mark Sears has just entered the transfer portal, so that's that's going to be somebody I fully expect Ohio State to to contact. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. so Holden, so Holden, like Holden's more of an off. He's more of an off-ball guard. So like the the idea would be when Malachi goes to the NBA, you bring in Tanner Holden, and he. Would, he probably could step right in and give you the exact same production that Malachi Branham gave you this whole year. Um, so yeah, that's the that's goal. the idea. If Malachi comes back, I don't I don't know if if he would be the best fit, but I think that Malachi's probably gone. So I think that Tanner Holden would be a really good. Um, I think he'd be a really good one to add. Well, yeah, we talked about this before we started recording. Of like, and Holtman's even admitted this. I don't know if it's really anybody's fault, but when they went and got their transfers last year, they did it with the idea that Dwayne Washington was returning because most people thought he did. We can do the revisionist history all we want of like, oh, no, we knew he was gone. No, we didn't. We all thought he was coming back. So um, that's why they went and got Jamari Wheeler because it was like, oh, he'll be perfect complement to Dwayne Washington mm-hmm. while Washington scores. Wheeler sets up the offense. You know, it just didn't. And then when Washington left, they were like, crap, we don't have a two guard. We got to go get somebody and it's July. And it was Cedric Russell was there. You know, Cedric Russell's a good talent, but there was a lot. There was a reason why he was there. You know, in July, because he also came out later. But, um, you know, when it comes to you want to do most of your transfer portal work in April and, and May and stuff. So that was just kind of a tough situation. They have to, and they will, treat this transfer portal like Malachi Branham's gone. You have, If he comes back, he comes back, great. You make it work. But you have to treat it like he's gone and go get his replacement, which is a Tanner Holden. Uh, as I just mentioned, Mark Sears, he's more of a point guard, but still. You know, and we we talked about Antonio Reeves, who's one of my favorite guys. I don't think Ohio State has a great chance at him because he went to Illinois State. He's from Chicago, and he was recruited by Illinois originally. And Illinois now has zero guards, so it kind of feels like a match made in heaven kind of deal. Um, they have one guard in RJ Melendez, who I think will be fantastic next year, but that's a whole different thing. But I mean, they're all their guards are seniors, or Andre Corbello, who is in the portal, who both of us do not want to put that on the record. Not don't want. I'm sure he's a great guy, but could see. I think that Andre Corbello. I don't know how much we've talked about Andre Corbello. Um, probably not too much. I saw a tweet. Actually, it was in a podcast I listened to a few weeks ago that literally was such such a good description of Andre Corbello was Andre Corbello. All of his plays are on a scale of one to ten, except three through seven are never options. <laughs> yeah, like all of his plays are like one two. Eight, nine, or ten. Like he either dazzles and makes a crazy play, or he makes the worst play you've ever seen in your life. And you're like, has this dude ever played basketball before? Why the hell would you do that? And I just don't want that headache. Personally, <laughs> I don't want that headache. Well, he's the ultimate. And and as of right now, we have no reason to believe Ohio State has contacted him. Goodman put out a uh, a list of schools that contacted him, and Ohio State wasn't on it. And I haven't heard anything so. I don't think Ohio State's been in contact, but this if they go, we always talk about in the transfer portal, do you go get as much talent as possible and make it work, or do you try to go get fits, right? Like last year, Ohio State got fits. They needed a big guy. They got Brunk. They needed a defender. They got Wheeler. They needed a shooter. They got Russell. Obviously, none of that really worked, but that's what the fit was at the time. For Corbello, if they go get Corbello, it's the ultimate, like, okay, we're just getting talent because he doesn't fit on this team at all. I mean, he's a bad shooter on a team that needs shooters. He's a guy who has like a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio on a team that needs a reliable ball handler. Like he doesn't fit, but he's a high-risk, high-reward 
his talent is undeniable kind of deal. So he also played high school. He did play high school ball with Zed Key. I don't think that really matters too much, but it's worth mentioning. His his stats actually like kind of suck, don't they? Didn't he shoot like well, he, he twenty or twenty one percent from three? Eighteen, yeah. yeah I mean, scored, it, and in his like defense, eight, eight points per game or something like that. In his defense, he did. He was on the COVID list for two weeks. He got hurt twice, including his hand. So, like, obviously that affects shooting. So this was kind of like a year. I'll, look, I'm a Browns fan. I'll say like it was kind of like a Baker Mayfield year. Like you could just toss it aside and say like, look, he was just hurt. Because um, his freshman year, he was very good. Now the difference, I think, his freshman year, obviously he wasn't the guy. They had AO. You know, AO was the guy. This year, coming into it, even though they had Trent Frazier, he was kind of their guy at, at the guard position. Obviously, Kofi's their guy in general, but at the guard position, they're like he. I mean, he was getting All American buzz preseason. Like that, like that doesn't just go away. He, he was um, a preseason All American. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's as much buzz as you can get. Yeah, so he what, literally was. On, he was literally on the list, which is crazy. Yeah. So, so like that's what I mean of just like the talent is there, and it, the talent doesn't go away. Like he's not untalented. I just think that he's not a great fit on this what for what Ohio State needs. So we'll see if, like I said, if they go try to get him. I don't think they will get him. I mean, the teams that are going after him, the list is actually kind of funny. But, I mean, Gonzaga's on there. Obviously, um, that's an appealing – any guard to go to Gonzaga, that's appealing. So, we'll we'll see. I know you love Terrence Shannon as well. I love Terrence Shannon. Um, I think that's more of a fit also. But, I, I mean, he's literally the top transfer in the portal. So, yeah, they're not getting him. Take that as, take that as what you will. If they do get him, I mean, hell of a job. But – um, oh, I would, he, I would. He, he feels more of like a Kentucky kind of deal, but I'm seeing know. replies on Twitter that a bunch of people are like saying that he's already going to Houston. Like the day that he went in the portal, they were saying he's going to Houston. Um, Kyler Edwards played at a, at a And M before going to Houston, I believe. Tech. Um, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, Texas Tech, and then went to Houston. Um, that, is, that is accurate. So there's like he's got a buddy there. I mean, in Edwards state. did just enter the draft though today. So I don't know if that. I mean, he could still come back, but he did enter the draft today. So yeah, and like I don't have any insight. I just saw a bunch of people with like people on Twitter were like, "Oh, he's he's already going to Houston. Like it's locked up Houston." I was like, I I, I don't know what these people know, but apparently they know something. Um, he would be. Oh my god, he would be awesome. But I don't think that Ohio State has any any kind of shot to get Terrence Shannon. I think that. Um, Tanner Holden is more possible. I think that they they had called Jalen Llewellyn, who is in Princeton, but he did yeah. a visit with Alabama. He's on a visit with Alabama today, and he has not done a visit with Ohio State. Which I I mean I'm not the brightest, but to me that says that Ohio State does not have the head up on that one. Um, Will Richard from Belmont. Um, he's he's a bit, he he would be on my top four list. He's a big he's a big guard, right? He's like. He's a he's like a ten point six rebounds kind of guy, right? He's more of a two as he's well. 13, 13 points and six rebounds, yeah. But he was a freshman, so you're bringing in a, a younger guy. So then you got three or four more years of eligibility left. And again, like if assuming Malachi leaves, any kind of two guard would be great to have. They really do need arguably guys. arguably needed if if Malachi's gone because Eugene Brown isn't quite turning into the scoring. I don't know if he was ever the scoring threat that people make it out to be, but I mean he did struggle just in every aspect of offense this year. Defense, he's still fine, but offense, he was struggling. And then Roddy Gale, there's a lot of hope offensively, but you just you don't want to have to rely on – as I say this, you know, we relied on Malachi Brandon this year, but you don't want to have to rely on a freshman to come in and get it right away. 
No, uh, and this and this team's gonna need that. guys to get it right away. They're all they're non conference schedules, no joke. Early, so kind of like you last year. So you don't want to start any combination, in my opinion. You don't want to rely on any kind of combination of two of Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, and Michi Johnson to make things happen at the point guard position all year long. I, I don't like that. I would want and, and, somebody a little bit older in there. Yeah, to be clear, I don't think there's any scenario that they do. I think they go um, and, and get three or four transfers and make that work. Um, another obviously big thing is if Justice Suing returns. I know I'm a little higher on him returning than you are, but I think we both agree there's a definitely a high possibility of it. Um, for Seth Towns, I think it more or less comes down to you know, Holtman said his injury wasn't career-ending, but, like, how bad really was it? For suing, it seems like they just played it safe because, I mean, that's what he said. They said he said if he's not 100%, he's not playing, which implied to me that that means his basketball career will continue. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too far into that, but um, we'll see about suing. Obviously, suing coming back would be huge. He's a 15 points per game kind of guy. So, uh, maybe 20 if you have low, if, if he has more of a load. So, um Another, what were you going to say? Obviously, yeah. I mean, uh, we just haven't really had anything since the season ended for, about either of those guys to really I like. Heard a, I haven't heard a word. To have any it. kind of indication of if they're coming back or not. I mean, Holtman did say in February, he was like, in the season, I'm actively recruiting these guys. Like, while the season's still going on, I'm talking to them every day, trying to get them to come back for next season. Um, I mean, Seth, Seth Towns would be a seventh year senior. So keep that in mind too. Like he's only played three years of college basketball, but the dude's like he'll be twenty. How old would you be as a seventh year senior? Twenty. He is. He is right now twenty three. He'd be turning twenty. He's turning twenty four very soon though. So at so some like, point next season, he would be almost twenty five. Like yeah, like he's essentially our age, and we've been out of we've been out of college for years now. So like he's just getting up there. I don't know how likely it is that Seth Towns comes back. It's just assuming would be. Justice Suing, you're talking about transfer portal. Dude, Justice Suing is my number one wish on the transfer portal. He's my number one on the wish list is getting him back, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm I'm out of line saying this. With what the Big Ten is losing, and we can do a whole podcast about this because I think it's kind of – I think people are – a lot of people are saying, like, high State's losing a lot. Like, the, you look around the Big Ten, it's it's getting thin. Um, I think Justice Suing will be a – he could be a first-team all Big Ten guy next year. I think he's just that. Yeah, I think he's that talented, and I think the Big Ten is that is losing that many players. So that would be. I agree with you. He's my number one. They got to get him hope. back. And then another one was on a visit with Ohio State. I don't know if this is one you were about to mention. Jalen Bridges from. Yeah, I mean, West, this is the, this is kind of the guy right now is Jalen Bridges. Yeah, and he's he's like I think in the rankings like one of the top five or ten transfers. Like he's six seven two twenty. Last season, he was like an eight points and five rebounds per game kind of guy. He's the kind of guy, honestly, that like Ohio State needed this year, like a a, yeah, a dependable 100%. a dependable second or third scorer. He's the kind of guy they really needed this past season. Um, and if they get him, he's not good enough to be like the guy. Like if Malachi's gone, EJ's gone. Like Jalen Bridges is not going to be good enough to be like your horse, but he will be a very good second or third scorer. And he's only, he just finished his sophomore year too at eight points a game. So he's, he's not even at his peak yet. He definitely could be a, I'm, you know, I'm 10, 11 points per game, six, seven rebounds kind of guy. When you got to look at too, I saw a lot of people, they were like, Oh, so he's like off. He's not an offensive guy. Well, look at where he played. <laughs> okay. West Virginia plays games where they want to win 48 to 46, you know, like it's literally press Virginia. So 
they play those games where scoring, you know, even a guy like Taz Sherman, who played at West Virginia, one of the, I think he's one of the better scorers in the Big 12. He didn't average an obscene amount of points just because of the way West Virginia plays. So um, you can expect him to definitely just, first of all, get better, but two, second of all, average more points just in a different offensive kind of base system because Ohio State's obviously known much more for offense than defense. And you look at Jalen, I don't know how much this plays in again, but Sam McNeil is in the portal too from West Virginia. If they want to go somewhere together, I don't normally that doesn't happen, but we, you know, we'll see Sam McNeil's another, he's kind of like a more versatile Justin Arns. Um, he, he's got a great shot, but he's also can kind of get in the lane and make some things happen. So um, that's also a name that I don't know if he's gone or not is Justin Arns. I don't think he'll play again as at Ohio state, but if, if, his name were to pop up in the transfer portal, I wouldn't be incredibly surprised because he does have another year of eligibility um, that he could utilize. And then there's Grant Basile from Wright State who kind of popped up immediately before Tanner Holden, but especially with the Ben Carlson from Wisconsin. So Basile is from Wisconsin, played high school ball in Wisconsin, and now Car- uh, Ben Carlson just transferred out of Wisconsin today. So I think I'm starting to think Basile to Wisconsin is looking more and more likely. Um, that's just a hunch, but we'll see. If you get Basile and Holden, though, you're, you're, you're damn near done. Yeah, that would be wild if they got a guy from – they got to be two guys from Wright State would be really interesting. I like the idea of having Jalen Bridges and Justice Suing as like your 3-4, um, especially if you get another point guard out of the portal, so then you could start a lineup of whoever you get a transfer point guard as, and then next to Bruce Thornton or Roddy Gale, next to Justice Suing, Jalen Bridges, and Zed Key. I like that a lot. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think – like uh, if you look at around the Big Ten, a lot of teams are losing a lot, and they're going to rely on the transfer portal a lot, so – um, I don't think it's necessarily like crazy to say if Ohio State gets some luck and guys coming back, and if they hit the transfer portal heavy, they can't they can't be a top four team in the conference. Now, if they hit the transfer portal bad and these guys don't pan out and they lose Brandon and Suing, yeah, they could also be twelfth. I mean, this is a huge off season for them. Probably the biggest in Holtman's. I would say the biggest before his first year, just because his first year they did really well and they lost damn near everything off that team. Uh, so I think those are, this would be maybe a second biggest um, season behind that. The one thing I'll say, if you don't know who Evan Maya is, look him up. Uh, he does like analytics on college basketball. He kind of does like a transfer ranking. Um, right now, Terrace Shannon Jr. is number one and KJ Williams number two. The one thing I'll say about any Murray State transfer, I'm going to put kind of a not damper on because any Murray State guy is great. KJ Williams, Justice Hill, any of those dudes would be great. They could all be headed down to the bayou. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so their coach, uh, Mark McMahon, I think that's how you say it, uh, took the LSU – Matt McMahon took – yeah, Matt, right. Uh, took the LSU job, and then his entire team just happened to hit the portal. And half of LSU's team just happened to hit the portal. So very interesting there. One of them, I believe it was – who uh, I think their third best guy – Already said he's going to LSU. I forget his name is escaping me, but a Murray State, one of Murray State's better players, already said he's going to LSU. 
Maybe it was Justice Hill. I'm pretty sure that Murray State has like eight guys in the transfer portal. They have ten. They have ten in the portal right now. Their whole team is in. But like that's I said, twice, they, they that's could, twice as many players as Ohio State has right now. Period. On the roster, yeah. A couple of other names, just the, so any Murray State guy, just take that with a grain of salt. They could all literally all be going to LSU. Um, another name stands out is an LSU guy, Xavier Pinson. He's mm-hmm. kind of he's kind of Andre Cabello without the scariness of it. Like he's a very good defender. He's very quick. Uh, he handles the ball well. He could be someone to look at. He played LSU last year. Good, great he, defender. Did he start at North Carolina. Missouri. He started at Missouri. Who am I thinking? I'm not oh, sure. Theo but, Pinson is who I'm thinking of in North Carolina. Yes. Not um, sure if there's a relation there, but yes. that. And then also Joe Toussaint just answered the portal. Uh, he was Iowa's backup point guard this year. I'm actually very curious that he did enter the portal because Bohannon's gone. So I kind of thought that was him, his job to have. But um, I don't know. So that's an interesting one because he he's, he played some really good ball kind of later on in the year. And again, I believe he was only a freshman at most sophomore. So you get a younger guy. There's, I mean, there. Look, if you want a transfer, you gonna get him. <laughs> like this, uh, Adam Miller is in the portal, but I actually think he might go back to Illinois. He started his career at Illinois. He went to where'd he go this year? He didn't play, but where'd he go? LSU. 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 Uh, he didn't play because yeah, he didn't play because of injury, but he was at LSU. Um, he might just be headed back to Illinois. I have no idea. But, again, he was a top 40 guy. Earl Timberlake from Memphis, he was a top 30 guy out of high school. Um, he entered the portal, which, again, is kind of interesting because Memphis is losing so much to the draft that you think he might want to come back. But um, that's a forward that, again, like if you're just going after strictly talent, these are the guys you go get. Um, if you look at fit, it kind of changes a little more. But those are – right now on, on – um, Evan Maya's site, there are 15 five-star recruits, uh, but some of them are like 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 Ferdaz R. Arik. I forget how you say his name, but he's the Utah Valley State transfer that averaged like 20 and 15 last year. Like Ohio State's not going to get him. He's either probably going to go to Kentucky or the draft. So you kind of have to do a little bit of um, expectation tempering there. But, you know, I do think Ohio State I, – Ohio State getting a top guy is not out of the realm at all. I mean, Jamari Wheeler was a very highly touted recruit. So, um, I mean, recruit transfer. So, there's a lot of guys they can go get. And there's still guys entering the portal now. Who know Manny Bates from NC State didn't play much last year, but he's a big forward that could be really – I know Michigan State's already reached out to him. I believe Michigan State has reached out to every single player that has hit the portal. So, um, Shaq's kids in the portal – I mean, that's, yeah, but he's not, very good. he's not very good at basketball. <laughs> no, he's done. He's done nothing, but he's Shaq's kid. So. Um, there's just there's so many guys in the port. Ben, oh, I didn't even. I'm sorry. One more name that stands out to me is Ben Vanderplas. Ben Vanderplas, yeah, as I say, yeah, from Ohio. from Ohio. Especially if Mark Sears is in the portal, you might be able to get both. Uh, Vanderplas has been there for about 25 years. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, he he's he's a guy that he kind of does a little bit of everything for you as a forward. He shot 34 percent from three. Uh, which isn't bad, obviously. He was like a 15 and 6 kind of guy. So, kind of, if you can bring in a stretch four to play with Zed Key, I think that'd be your best bet. And uh, Vander Plaza, obviously, an Ohio guy. He's not an Ohio kid, though. I think he's a Wisconsin kid or something. But, yeah, I think um, he's from still. Wisconsin. He's another kid that, like, kind of like Bridges, although I think that Bridges, uh, I kind of like the idea of Bridges better than Vander Plaza. But, like, Vander Plaza would be like an, another player. It's like, oh, he would have been really good on Ohio State this year because he's a very good complementary scorer. I don't know if I like the idea of Ohio State basketball's leading scorer being Ben Vanderplas, Ohio transfer. 
Um, I don't think that should be the expectation for a kid like him. But he's solid. He'd be a good supporting scorer. But I just, I think the first of all, they need to get Justice suing. That's the biggest one. But I just, I really want to, I want to see them go out and get a dynamic scorer like you suggested, Joe Toussaint. Like he's fun. I don't, I don't want defensive players in the transport of this time. Like Ohio State went out and got defensive players. They got Jamari Wheeler last time. Didn't it made their defense got worse? I want them to coach the defense better. I want them to go out and get scores. I want them to go get some buckets and coach the defense better. Like they yeah, cannot go get another point guard like Jamari Wheeler, Joe Toussaint, where they're going to give you six, seven points a game. I don't think that's the move. Not this time. And so to that point, the two guys that would stand out that are kind of interesting point guards right now. Marcus Hammond is in the portal. Um, and Ohio State fans probably remember his name. He played for Niagara. He's just, yeah, he's just a bucket. I mean, the dude just scores. Um, so he's in the portal. I don't know who's really reached out to him. I haven't, it's weird. I haven't heard much smoke around his name, which is kind of interesting because that just shows how many good players in the portal because he's a bucket. Um, and then also Nelly Cummings from Colgate. Um, he, he's, again, he's just a kind of a walking bucket. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I haven't heard if I stayed in contact with him or not. The one East, the East Carolina point guard I know they have been in contact with is, uh, uh, Tristan Newton. Um, again, I didn't catch too much of Eastern Carolina this year, but um, people, I mean, there's a lot of, it's always nice to see like who else is in contact and he has a lot of big names kind of surrounding him. So half of Indiana's team is in the portal, including Rob Finnessy, which is interesting because he, yeah, he I mean, he's a great player for well. them. Christian Lander, Michael Durr, who's a seven footer. And then also um, kind of maybe the most interesting one is Parker Stewart because he's been at like four schools, but he can shoot. And I mean, Ohio State does need to add a shooter. Uh, they're losing Arns and arguably never had him. So, you know, unless Eugene Brown really figures out his stroke, they need to add a shooter. And I mean, that's that's Parker Stewart. So it'll be interesting. Again, I don't know how many times you can really get a guy to transfer in conference. They did it last year twice. They kind of got lucky with that, though. So um, we'll see. There's I just I will kind of point out, like, especially with Ohio State, because they have so much going on. Be a little patient. I'm not saying, again, wait till late May. You'll hear stuff in April, there's no doubt. But it's not going to happen like tomorrow. You know, give it a little bit of time. Yeah, and we talked about this before we actually started recording. But another big thing is going to be for Ohio State to make sure that they, with these transfers, get guys that have at least two years of eligibility left. Like, no more, in my opinion... And I think everybody it makes total sense. So I think it should just be a fact. Like no more don't don't layer this roster with like graduate transfers who have one year of eligibility left because you're just gonna keep hitting the same wall. Like Ohio State lost like ten players off this roster because half of it was made up of guys who have already got their degrees who only had one year of eligibility. So you do that a whole bunch and then it happens again next year where you have like six more openings. Like they need to try to get guys who have at least two more years of eligibility um, because you're never going to have a freshman class made up of eight players. That's going to be able to replenish it. You're just going to keep putting yourself in this situation. So like you said, Will Richard, I think you said was only he's one year. At Bel- yeah. So he's got, yeah, he would have four more years of eligibility left because of the COVID year that the last season doesn't even count. So, you know, he's got four years left. Uh, Tanner Holden has two years left. So they have to make sure that they don't get, don't, don't get guys that are like, Joey Brunk that are like 23 years old that only have one year left. Get get some dudes who 
still have uh, a couple years left, which with the names they've been connected to, um, other than Jalen Llewellyn, I think has already played, I believe he's played four years. Um, don't quote me on that, but like Jalen Bridges, um, Will Richard, um, most of these guys do have multiple years left, which is what they need to do. Well, I think the interesting thing that, and uh, you know, again, everybody that doesn't like this season calls this an excuse. I call it a reason. When they were hitting the transfer portal last year, they had an expected starting lineup after Wheeler said yes. Their expected starting lineup was Jamari Wheeler, Dwayne Washington, Justice Suing, EJ Liddell, Zed Key. That's like, we're talking a two seed or a one seed in the tournament. That's a Big Ten, probably this season, a Big Ten conference winner. So they were going after guys. They were like, we're going now. Let's get some seniors. Let's get some guys that can come in, play right away like a Jamari Wheeler, and let's win this thing this year. Obviously, some stuff happened. They never had suing. They never had Seth Towns. Dwayne Washington said peace. So it changed It changed their dynamic a little bit, and I think they kind of came into this season. It was hard to tell because they beat Duke. They beat Wisconsin. They looked good. But I think they came into this season a little bit like on a leg and a half kind of deal instead of two legs. This year, I think you'll see a little bit of different approach to the transfer portal, which which will be much needed. And I don't think bringing in a veteran – like one veteran is a bad thing, but if you bring in three or four guys, yeah, you need to bring in a couple guys who are not seniors. You're just gonna you're just gonna end up having the same problem every summer, which you're you're going. Look for into- some teams, it works. I mean, Arkansas built a living off it for for early on in Mus's career. Now they have three McDonald's All Americans coming in, so and and they just got really a well. big trans. They also just got another big five star transfer literally today. Like the Must buses, the Must bus is moving, which is crazy because it's rolling. I met and, him and he's an interesting guy. He, I would, I would love, I would love to get coffee with with Eric Musselman. Um, you, you I don't know if Eric Musselman. I don't know if he needs more coffee though. Is the thing. Yeah, I don't think he wants to get coffee with you. Is the problem. <laughs> um, and Ohio State just kind of like they, they also like. We'll be honest that they whiffed on they whiffed on most of this batch of transfers. I don't think they that, whiffed on Russell. They whiffed on Russell. I think Wheeler provided what they. I think Wheeler provided about what you expected. Yeah, what you expected, and I think Brunk did too. I just thought that was they didn't think they were going to need much more. I don't. Remember, we had Kevin Sweeney on before the season started. What Kevin say? Two, Joey Brooks going to play said, two, two minutes a game. He said Joey <laughs> I'm pretty sure his words were, I just don't think Joey Brunk is good at basketball. Yeah, I mean, he was harder on it than anybody, and he kind of saw that coming. Um, the one they whiffed on was Russell, and it, only because he – like, I think it, they just got him so late. What, what about Jimmy Sotos? I think that's another whiff too. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I thought you mentioned that this year. Yeah, Sotos was a whiff. I mean, yeah. this whole batch of the just left. Like, I think Jimmy Sotos is a miss. I, 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 for I mean, centers, if Suing, unfortunately, if Suing doesn't come back, he was a miss. Not his fault, but <laughs> – He gave them one good year, so I, I don't know if I would say that. But, like, Joy Brunk was healthy, and he just stunk. For some, for the other players that were available, they could have gotten a guy better than two points per game. It just They just kind of whiffed. Holtman knows – he knew Joey Brunk. They're very close. He got him. Just not very good at basketball. <laughs> Cedric Russell just didn't adjust. Kind of missed on that. Jimmy Sotos, I had such high expectations for Jimmy Sotos two years ago. Just missed on that. So they just kind of whiffed on a few of these transfers. And, and it's going ha- to happen. happen sometimes. But like for, for them, if they pull three, like at least one of the three that get needs to be like a dynamic impact player. They have to bring in a Devontae Jones this year. A guy who is, I mean, and look, Jones struggled to begin with. But when Jones fixed, when Jones got settled into Michigan, they were the team we thought they were going to be. Right? I mean, Michigan was what two, four, like five, two possessions away from the Elite Eight. So, you know, they ended up figuring it out. 
Um, and Devontae Jones was a huge they, – they they beat Ohio State on senior night because of Devontae Jones. They need a guy like that. They didn't have that this year. They weren't beating anybody because of any of their transfers. So, um, it you know, we'll see. Again, like I said, Russell was just a tough one because you got him so late. It was down to – I remember it was down to him and Jaden Shackelford. And Shackelford's a much better player, but he ended up going back to Alabama. So, you probably never had a real chance in him anyway. So, I don't think – the guys that go back to their original school, I just look at it as, okay, they just they – just, we're out there to see. I don't consider them real possibilities. Um, so I don't know. I, I do think it was, I do think it's been kind of interesting. I, unfortunately for Jimmy Soto's, he kind of had his chance last year when CJ Walker got hurt and then he immediately got hurt. So that kind of hurt. They've had a lot of really bad luck with transfers as well. And again, I know people are going to yell excuses, but injuries is not an excuse. That's a reason. Um, Cause you can't foresee them. You know, I mean, Seth Towns, Seth Towns was down to Ohio state or Duke. You know, like, and, and unfortunately, just with injuries, we haven't got to see the Seth Towns of old. So it's it's a bummer. I just thought of another coach, Tim Miles. Dude, get Tim Miles on the staff. Yeah. Nicest dude in the world. Get get Tim Miles on the staff, dude. I, I, I got stop. I got stop using nice as if like that's a good. I mean, he's a good coaching trait, but like he's a good coach too. He's also a head coach oh. somewhere, so I don't think he's probably gonna. San Jose State, right? He's the head coach of Ibrahim Diallo. There's your connection. Look at that. We're always connecting dots here, baby. God, we have all kinds of good guys. Tim Miles, if you ever listen to Titus and Tate, their podcast, like they literally use good guy as like the code for like really nice guy, but sucks at his job. And Tim Miles, I think won, Tim Miles is a good coach. I think Tim Miles won the good guy of the year award two years ago, and he literally came on their show and accepted the award for good guy of the year, not knowing at all like the connotation of oh no uh, of good guy. Like that is as good guy as it gets. <laughs> when I covered uh, sports in Nebraska, uh, he was he was always at the state basketball tournament. Um, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, wow. I met him. And he was a super, super, super nice guy. So he seems like a nice guy. I don't think he would ever take a demotion to be an assistant coach. I think no, it's kind he's, of the opposite. He's a head coach. He's you, a head coach. You'd want to go from an assistant at a big program to getting your own small program and working your way back up. Yeah. Um. If you were over an hour, but that's okay. We only do this every other week now so if you found this on the website make sure to also subscribe on spotify apple music wherever you get your podcasts um we will be putting out episodes once every two weeks unless something crazy happens that makes us jump on at a moment's notice yeah let's real quick actually let's do a quick game i want to do uh it'll take two seconds but just to kind of sum up everything we said give me your top five transfers in your head five transfers yeah, just like um, the it, five you want the most. You don't have to rank them, just five. Uh, Terrence Shannon, Jalen Bridges, Tanner Holden. That's three. Grant Basil from White State as well. Four. And uh, Marcus Hammond's a good one. I like Marcus Hammond. All right, bet. I'll go Mark Sears because he just entered it, so maybe that's just recency bias, but I like him a lot. Um, I'll say Ben Vanderplas as well. Tanner Holden for sure. Jalen Bridges for sure. And I'll say, I'm not even going to say Shannon because I don't think they have a shot. So I'll go, I'll go Jalen Lewin. Jalen Lewin. I like him a lot. So, and if uh, you want to find us on Twitter, we are at BucketheadsLGHL. 
we try to do a little bit of you know obviously it's the off season but we'll try to do some games or polls or trivia i don't know something to keep people focused on on basketball as the football season approaches um you can find me at justin underscore golba i think and where are you connor uh, you can follow me at Lamans, which is L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. Um, and let's let's try to get some guests on spring, summer. Hopefully some of the, the basketball folks can uh, take a break and hop on this summer. Now that we're running out of content, we should have some other people come on and talk. Yeah, as you know, we've been able to get some great guests so far. So if you also have any like guests you think we should try to get on, feel free to DM us. Our DMs should be open either one of us or the Bucketheads account itself, you know, or just tag us on Twitter with a guest you think would be cool. Um, so far, we've had Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch, the high state guru himself, Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated, Mark Titus, obviously don't need an introduction there. We've had Chris Holtman on, which I don't want to brag, but we did. Um, so Joey we Lane. Know, we did have Joey on our first episode. We had Joey Lane. So of the Drive the Lane podcast, and those guys do a great job. So. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have, we'll probably have Joey on here soon sometime. I like Joey a lot. Tim Miles, come on the pod. We love you. We want to talk to you. Tim Miles, come on the pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Go Bucks.